Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. How are you, Austin? I'm doing well, how are you? Good, good, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Sure, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I would love to just dive straight in. You are the expert of yourself, so why don't you give us an introduction about who you are, where you dance, and the journey that has really brought you to there. Sure. Um, so I am in the Corps de Ballet at New York City Ballet. Um, I'm originally from Savannah, Georgia, and I grew up dancing there um, with my wonderful teacher, Veronica Niebuhr. She's with Charlotte Ballet School now. Um, and then when I was in ninth grade, I moved to Philadelphia and went to the Rock School for one year and then went to SAB around after that. And then I spent, I think, four three or four years at SAB and then joined New York City Ballet when I was 17. Oh, wow. So you, right, you were in ninth grade when you left home, went to the Rock School. I was 13 when I came to SAB and then, yeah, so I spent four years at SAB and joined New York City Ballet at 17. Wow, so young. Very young now looking back at it. Yeah, so you lived in the dorms at SAB? Dorms both at the Rock School and SAB. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Leaving home for the first time as a 13-year-old, not easy. No, I was so homesick. <laughs> it was hard, but, you know, I got used to it and had, like, a great, great group of friends, and we were all kind of in the same boat, you know. We were all around the same age and away from home, and you know, it got, it got easier for sure. But I, I remember it was, it was hard at first. Yeah. But that's such a good point because a lot of dancers that I work with are on that cusp, just about to leave home for the first time. Very often we're working together on, you know, making sure that they know how to fuel their bodies and, and get in enough energy because at that age, you don't really know. It's very difficult Some for most men, I shouldn't say most, but many dancers are coming from where perhaps uh, their parents or a guardian has really been the one in charge of getting their meals and snacks in. And now, for uh, sure. you know, with the exception of relying on a dorm and maybe a cafeteria, it's really the responsibility is more on you. So that's a young age to have to take on that responsibility. It definitely is. And I think, you know, I had a little bit of practice having gone to summer programs and, you know, having to do that for yourself, um, you know, make sure that you have enough energy and you brought a snack and all of these things um, that, you know, come so easily now. But I think I definitely got practice at summer courses and in a short period of time and then, you know, took that with me into, you know, a year round program. And it was, I mean, it was great. We had our cafeteria downstairs so we could 
run down, grab a snack, grab lunch. And um, it was definitely good to have that full service cafeteria whenever we needed it. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we're kind of talking in hindsight, so you can even tap into your experience, you know, now as of today. But what are some of the signs that you know for yourself uh, that your body will say like, hey, it's time for a snack, it's time for a break? Because a lot of, and we'll talk about this soon, but a lot of times for dancers, these signs can go diminished. So I'm curious as to what you experience and what you think about during those instances. So I know I will have I've let my hunger get too far when I start to get like hangry. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, oh, why am I so, you know, frustrated or, you know, not feeling good? And I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. So I really try not to let it get to that, that point. So I, you know, I make sure kind of whether I feel hungry or not to have a snack and to have lunch. And that's that's for me because I know that a lot of times, like you said, I will miss the initial cue of, oh, I think I'm hungry and not, especially when I'm dancing because, you know, you're dancing in a company, you dance three hours and then you have a quick five minute break, then you dance three more hours and it's hard to kind of fit that in. But if I'm like, okay, on this break, I will have my snack and then I will not have to deal with being hangry later. Um, so yeah, I think for me, it's really, it's like, I start to feel it emotionally <laughs> more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that you said that is so important, especially for dance students, the younger dancers that they need to understand is that we can't always only rely on our hunger cues because being busy, being overly active, those hunger cues will often go missed. Um, that's normal for that, for that to happen. Obviously, it can happen intentionally with any dancer who might be partaking in restrictive eating habits, but it can also happen very unintentionally for a dancer who's just busy. And you said it yourself, it's so important to try and prevent the extremes of what I call the hunger scale, right? The extremes of the scale when we feel ravenous, because at that point, when you do finally uh, get the time or get the chance to eat, your priority is really just to fill this deficit, right? You can't really focus on what foods you're eating. You can't even focus maybe on mindful eating techniques and so forth. So I think it's very helpful to hear from you how important it is for dancers to also implement, you know, a very flexible type of eating plan in their day. Yes, and definitely for me at least, knowing my day what it looks like as much as I can and thinking oh I think I'll probably be hungry around four o'clock because I always get hungry at four o'clock so making sure that I have you know every what I need to stay fueled and ready ready to go absolutely um, and that's where emergency snacks come in and this is also where the conversation comes in I'll, I'll hear from a lot of dancers who will really get sucked into these clean eating lifestyles and so often they're sold to us as being these healthy wellness alternatives, but in fact, they're quite restrictive. They place a lot of stigma on options like packaged snack foods and processed foods. And I'm sure you can attest to the fact that these very options probably come about to be more handy in your day than not. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's really hard on Instagram to see like all the, like you said, all the overly healthy snack options when that's just not feasible when you're living, you know, your normal busy life um but yeah i definitely go for the packaged bars like kind bars or um i love these like oat bars it's basically like a bowl of oatmeal in a bar um 
or a banana or something that's just easy to have in my bag. I think that's like my main criteria is something that I can have in my bag, have with me, doesn't need to be refrigerated, can just pull out at the, in the back of the studio and have a bite when I need it. Yes. Absolutely. So as we're heading into August, talk to us about your upcoming schedule, what it's going to look like in regards to your dancing, in regards to your rehearsal schedule. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm, I'm coming back from like an injury right now. So my schedule will ramp up a little differently. Um, it'd be a little later than when our season starts. But, you know, right now I'm dancing and trying to rehab. And I think that definitely is going to take a little bit of time, but as I get back into the season, it's going to be adding in class in the morning and then rehearsals during the day um, from about 12 to 7 with an hour break in between. Um, that's kind of what our typical rehearsal schedule looks like, um, and we will do that five to six days a week. And then when we start performing, our rehearsal day gets a little bit shorter. We'll end by five o'clock and then have our show at 7.30. And we do that um, Tuesday through Friday and then Saturday and Sunday. We do um, either two shows on Saturday and a matinee on Sunday. So it kind of differs, but we definitely get very busy and we're dancing a lot and have you know late nights as we get into the full swing of our, our season. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. That's a pretty crazy schedule. <laughs> you know, the conversation of nutrition, even more important, right? Just to make sure that you're giving your, your body what it needs. Yeah. Uh, those intense times, especially coming from an injury, right? Because now you're adding the need for recovery fuel on top of that. Exactly. That's the thing is, you know, being injured, it's actually like, I have to make sure to eat just as much and be, you know, just as, you know, mindful about making sure I have the right fuel, the right, you know, protein and balanced meals and, um, you know, nothing restrictive, but just making sure that I'm not, you know, that making sure that I'm eating enough because I'm, you know, have to fuel new muscles that are coming back and, you know, all of these, all of these things that are so important when you're healing. Absolutely. Major misconception. I'm so sorry. My son just walked into the room. He should be sleeping right now. Just sit right there. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, no. <laughs> we're going through some sleep regressions right now with my kids. So <laughs> but sure. what I say is, oh, major misconception amongst dancers, you know, when they're coming back from an injury and when their body is needing more rest, a lot of dancers would be like, you know, I'm moving less, I should be eating less. And it's actually quite the opposite because right now, and I see you shaking your head, like right now your body actually needs those nourishing options. So talk to us a little bit about how you did navigate that while uh, navigating through your injury and now of course coming back from your injury. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's really just about trying to make sure I stay, you know, consistent in that I'm, you know, not restricting. And I, you know, honestly, I don't eat, <laughs> I eat about the same as I do during a performance. Even. And, yeah. um, and I think that's not only good for my body, I think that's really good mentally to not be yo-yoing around and worry so worried about what I'm eating and instead it's that I'm always eating to to fuel and to you know to enjoy eating as, as one is supposed to do right and and kind of not letting it become it's the thing that I'm thinking about too much honestly it's it's more of just I'm 
you know, I'm eating like normal, I'm eating my normal meals and this is what will get me back to, you know, back to where I want to be on stage. And that's exactly it. As soon as we enter that mindset of I need to be watching myself or I need to be, uh, you know, eating in moderation is a big one. Then we fall into those behaviors, of those restrictive behaviors that are often then followed into that cycle of feeling more out of control around food. So it's so important that you acknowledge exactly what you're doing. This is what I want dancers to hear is acknowledging the role that food plays not only in their physical health, not only in your injury prevention and recovery, but also in your mental and your emotional well-being. It, it all comes together so importantly to support you as a dancer, especially as you head back into the season this fall. Yes, agreed. And it's, you know, for me, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to spend so much mental and emotional energy thinking about what I'm eating in a way that's stressful to me, right? When, you know, coming back from an injury or dealing with a busy performance season is already, you know, that's already stressful enough. Yeah, you already have so much on your plate, no pun intended. How do you prioritize balance in your life in regards to you are going to be spending so much time in the studio, perhaps cross-training, rehearsals, performances? What other activities do you like to participate in to help you with encouraging balance? Yeah, I definitely think it's super important to other things outside of, of dance. And, you know, dance is wonderful. It's what, you know, I love to do. And most dancers, we love it, right? But it is hard when that is the only, only, only thing you have, right? So I, I love spend time with my friends and go to the park, and go to museums, which is a perk of living in an amazing city like New York. And then, you know, spending time with my boyfriend and, you know, really making sure that I take time to spend time with the people I love doing other activities. And um, yeah, that's, kind of my favorite thing is like spending time with the people I love and it helps keep me grounded. Yeah, and your relationship with food also plays a huge role in that. This is another important point, right? Because as soon as dancers start to experience restrictive eating habits, it makes it where enjoying those experiences with others, which are more often than not around food, makes them really stressful. So understanding that spending time with others, partaking in other maybe hobbies, um, can also come to play in your, you know, your pursuit as a dancer and what you're bringing to the stage. Right. I, I agreed. It's, it's, yeah, a big thing with friends is food, right? Food and that's <laughs> social activity. You share a meal together. And um, I think it's so important that, to be able to just enjoy that and, you know, not feel a sense of restriction because like you said, that can be such a way that you connect with people. Yes, absolutely. So my final question for you, I asked this to all the dancers who chat with me on this little live series would be how would you define what it means to be the healthy dancer? I think a healthy, I think a healthy dancer is not just physically healthy, right? I think a healthy dancer has, you know, kind of all, you know, mental, emotional, physical, all of these things in, in balance and is kind of always working to keep these things in balance and not put too much emphasis on, I think for dancers, especially the physical, I really think we can tend to overemphasize that. And yes, it's important, but there's so much more to you as a person. Um, and so I think a healthy dancer is a well, a well-rounded dancer, you know, not, not just a dancer, right? A, a complete person.
Absolutely. You know, a dancer who's wearing multiple hats, uh, whatever those might be for your personal life, I think it's just important because it's so easy for dancers to just hyper-focus on their training, especially for dance students, right? Um, I, I know a lot of younger dance students might say, you know, easy for you to say, <laughs> where you're at right now with your career but I, I do think it's important for them to acknowledge that um, uh, rounding out their experiences as people as dancers is truly so important throughout their training just so that they can build a sustainable career and not one that's going to lead to burnout because burnout is a very real thing that a lot of dancers experience and that's not going to help them in the long run Right. No, it'll only make you, it'll only make you better, right? It, it actually like aids in the pursuit of, you know, yes. a professional dancer or maintaining a career as a professional dancer. Absolutely. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. I will definitely be in touch and I'll talk to you soon. Great. It's nice to talk with you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.